welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. Not ashamed is going to be a focus for the next four weeks. It's going to offer a blessing to us. And I want to acknowledge those of you who read and study, you know, the authorship of 2 Timothy, there's arguments about that, but we're just going to assume Paul wrote it and was his last writing that he wrote in jail, in prison. The last word we got from Paul, we find encouragement in this letter, a reminder of our call in Christ. Of course, Timothy's hearing it, but Timothy shared Paul's mail, and here we are today hearing it for ourselves. The whole church needs to remember and reclaim our identity. We, we lift that up on World Communion Sunday. We are one giant body, no matter what denomination or other labels we throw behind it. We are one church. Amen? We forget. The whole denomination needs to remember and reclaim our identity. We forget. It's congregation me included. We need to remember and reclaim our identity because we forget. These past several years have been particularly difficult for us who live in this country. Not that they've been easy for anyone else. We might be feeling a great deal of things when we are in our daily lives and worlds and living out loud as United Methodists. I know when people say, what church are you a part of? And I say, United Methodist. I never know what reaction I might get from that. We might feel the weight of our lives kind of hanging on our shoulders as we just try to live as disciples in our country and in our culture and in our daily lives because we may feel like we're the only ones at times. Timothy felt these things. Like Timothy, we need to remember our calling, remember our faith, remember who led us there. Remember the grace and the peace which we have received so that we can lift our heads and not be ashamed. So we begin at the beginning of the letter. Go figure. Some quick context that'll help us. Paul has been imprisoned, so he's writing from prison. He took Gentiles with him into the temple area in Jerusalem and they were probably waiting for him to do so when he showed up in town. And so they seized the opportunity to arrest him and charge him. And now he's imprisoned and facing execution. Go figure. He's proclaiming another kingdom, something you don't do in the time of Rome. So that's context item one. Paul's in prison. Two, Paul and Timothy live in this strange time of honor and shame in a way that we kind of know about, but we really don't know about. All of life is structured in this honor-shame They lived in a time where no one sought to rise above and live as an individual. But that's what we've been taught our whole lives. Theirs was different. It was all this honor-shame. The family name, that was what you founded your life upon. Everyone was born into a home with a father's name attached to it. And everything you did either brought honor or shame to the father's name. Some of you may have grown up in a house where that was the case. I wonder how many of us even know where our father's 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 father was even born, because I doubt it was here. We just kind of lose touch with our heritage. That's part of our culture. We come here and become the melting pot, right? We come here and become something else where we lose touch. That's not Paul and Timothy's reality. 
So for better or worse, you lived and brought honor or shame to your father's name. That's what was so revolutionary about what Jesus had to say was because you were invited to step out of the household to which you were born and lived and raised and to step into a new household with a new father's name, with new sisters and brothers, leaving the old one behind. We, we struggle to do it in our culture, and yet most, how many people have kids that don't live in the same area, right? In their day, you built an extension onto your father's house, right? There are many rooms in my father's house that's wedding language. You just build on. So Paul and Timothy come from this, this idea of revolution, that now everything we live and do is not attached to our earthly family, but to our heavenly family, each other, and God. We bring honor or shame to God's name. We belong to God and each other. So that's point number two. Number three, being imprisoned was a great shame. Bringing the first two together, I liken it to lunch table politics. You remember going to school lunches, and maybe you still feel the pressure today, Sophie and Aiden, when you go to lunch... There are certain people you're not going to sit with because they might talk about you. You might not hang out with certain people, be caught talking with certain people. We don't really outgrow this, Aiden and Sophie, because we just turned lunch table politics about government, right? What are you? Can we talk to each other? Can I be seen with you? Or association. You may know powerful people, may know famous people, and we kind of want to know the person that knows the famous person, right? There's, there's some sort of honor to that. Or maybe we have someone in our family, our circle, who's been imprisoned or something's happened that's brought this stigma. And now we don't want to be associated because somehow that bleeds onto us. Being imprisoned for Paul was a great shame, about as awful as it could get. The only thing worse was being crucified. So Timothy loved Paul, but Paul was in prison, an enemy of the state. Paul's faith led him to a cell, and now Timothy's faith is put to a test. So Paul invites Timothy to reflect backwards on the story before today for Timothy, to be reminded of what had happened so that from that place he may look forward with confidence at all that he's facing in the moment so that he may be unashamed by the circumstances of Paul. And so, with that context in mind, let's hear the passage. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanksgiving and encouragement. I am grateful to God whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Recalling my, your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the layering on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel 
in the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. And this grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher, and for this reason, I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust And I am sure that he is able to guard the deposit I have entrusted to him. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. The word of God in scripture, the word of God among us, the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Yeah, hopefully the shame language stood out. I, uh, I served seven summers at conference church camp, and I learned how to play with fire. I can't say that was my origin of loving to play with fire, but I learned how to play with fire. Um, sometime I'll tell you all the creative ways a close friend of I who shared those seven summers with me, all the creative ways we set a fire ablaze and maybe almost ourselves a few times, but I digress. The challenge each week of camp is we'd be there for a week, was to light the fire for the week with one match total, so that every morning fire and evening fire was all going back to that original match. It became kind of easy. If you built it right, I tried to show one that was built a little more right, um, for those of you who care. That looks better. It was all about how you left the fire in the evening. If you left the fire right, then it would hold the heat, not to be consumed in flame, but to keep the coals alive so that in the morning you could find the coals that were cooler, but not dead. And with breath and fresh fuel, nurture it back to life and have a fire the next day. So the intense heat of the evening would be nice and cold and then back to intense. with just a little care. That's the kind of thing Paul's instructing Timothy on here. The same idea. Timothy's feeling cold, burnt out. Timothy was a good Jewish Christian, brought up by two women. Can we just appreciate Paul lifting up these women in Timothy's life that have nurtured him in faith? I don't think Paul gets enough credit on some of the ways that he definitely lifts up women in leadership and in passing on the faith. They had tended his soul when he was young. They helped stoke that fire. Paul came entered Timothy's life at some point and helped him understand in new ways this faith, which Timothy didn't find it. That faith found Timothy. That's the way it works. Paul really focuses on the gift of it all. Remember the gift, Timothy. So in, in the letter, he says, our Lord Jesus saved us and called us with a holy calling. The idea is we were headed in the direction on a life founded on dead things. And the faith that finds us teaches us how to live upon life itself. Holiness, that word specifically, only means set apart for a special purpose. You may have a a pair of scissors in your house that is for food, 
and another set that's for paper, and another set that's for cloth. These are all holy in their own ways. They are set apart. There's a particular kind of holiness to which life is set apart in Christ. It goes on, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. Our behavior is not the foundation of our faith. can't earn it. It's not given when you're good enough. Our behavior is the result of our faith. We don't set out to be called. We hear the call if we're listening, and we respond to the call. But it all starts with Jesus Christ. Amen? It all starts with God. This grace, he goes on to say, was given to us before the ages began. Before creation itself, the bigger story was already at work. Sometimes we forget that. This faith is a gift from God set forth in the beginning. Timothy is way late in the game of this whole big story. He may feel like he's at the pinnacle of it. And Paul's like, hey, the big story. Don't get caught up in what you're seeing today. Remember the bigger story. Remember the gift. Remember your calling. And he finally says, we're not to be ashamed of whatever consequences come our way in the time of the old age. Not old age. The old age. Please don't hear me wrong. I want to get things thrown at me. Paul wasn't imprisoned because of something shameful, but of something honorable. It just depends on how you look at it. Honor is redefined in the new age. Last is first. First is last, weak is strong, strong is weak. There are two realities present for Paul and Timothy, and they are counterintuitive. What brings shame in one brings honor in the other. What brings honor in the one brings shame in the other. But you see how we could get it confused. It's like the world's being turned right side up, but I would say the world's being turned, or world's being turned upside down, but it's actually being turned back right side up. But how do we keep track? How do we know? This is hard for Timothy to see. Paul's in prison. How do you have faith that things are being righted when your mentor, your brother, your father in faith is imprisoned? We stumble for a lot less. Amen? But Paul sees it so clearly. He rejoices in his suffering. He rejoices in being labeled shameful because he sees the world the right way. He wants Timothy to see it too. So Timothy must look back on the bigger story of all of it. And he must go back to that first moment when he understood the gift and the grace and the faith. So that he may be rekindled again into a brightly glowing soul of fire for Christ. Because the world needs Timothy, Paul's trying to tell him. The world needs you. Needs your calling. So he says, hold on to the sound teaching of faith that I taught you the right way up. Remember the story, the reality of the new age. Remember the grace, the calling, and then hold fast to them. Don't let the temporary things dampen the heat of your soul. Hold strong and don't let perceived persecution keep you down. Hold a clear mind and heart that the world's shame may be seen for what it is, honor and glory for Jesus Christ. It's a pretty powerful message. I'd like to think that I could have that Insight, sitting in a prison cell facing death. But I don't know that I could. And, and God, I could, and I could lift it up that way, but I know also I get brought down by far fewer and less things. 
We need this message. We need this good news. We need to be reminded of our identity and our shared faith in Jesus Christ. Everyone in this room, everyone in this denomination, everyone in this world of faith. Our souls have been burdened by our circumstances. Can I get an amen? So many of us have become focused on what's right in front of us that we forget there's a bigger story that lies behind and ahead. We've become so distracted by temporary matters that we've forgotten the grace, God's love given to us in Jesus Christ. We've forgotten who we are. We've forgotten our calling. We've forgotten that we are the church. Because there are other gospels out there. You may even feel like you're in danger of your soul's fire going out completely, smoldering. So let us remember together. Let us remember those who have been in our lives, the Loises and the Eunices. Let us remember those who have led us into this faith and the bigger story of which we are a part. Thinking about all those who have gone before us in our 151 years here, all that they faced, all that they revealed to us about God's love, all that they taught us about the bigger story, all the ways they show us that we are not to be ashamed. So that we can remember our own calling today for the community around us right now. So that we can remember who we are today. You are called, church, not just on Sunday mornings. You are the one church in company with all those in faith around the world. Jesus Christ saves us and calls us with a holy calling, not according to your works, but according to his own purposes and grace. Amen? Jesus Christ can be trusted with our lives even when things seem bleak and cold. Amen? Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ rekindles our souls that we may burn once more as we have as a church body that we can then serve our community on fire, that we may hold our heads up no matter what anyone else might have to say, no matter what we might have to say, that we may not be ashamed by the world's standards, but confident and assured by God's standards. Guard the good deposit entrusted in you, friends. With the help of the Holy Spirit living in us, nurture the light in one another and all that you say and do. We are one body called into this set-apart life, this holiness. May we remember to walk together as one, keeping each other on the path gently, lovingly, living arm in arm in the reality of the kingdom because the world needs our call. May we rekindle the gift in our shared faith together so that others may feel the warmth and the light. That we might as well. Amen. We thank you for joining us today, and it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.